Hello, and welcome to the Seeking Health Podcast. I'm Josiah. And I'm Jessica. We were missionaries for seven years. Until we stepped back in 2019 to seek health and re-examine our beliefs. Right now, I'm a Christian, but not an evangelical. And I'm an agnostic and also very much non-evangelical. And we are deconstructing. And reconstructing. Together. together. Listen to some of our key episodes, such as Deconstructing Together. Domestic Abuse, I'm a Survivor. The Cult of ATI Part 1 and 2, and Dehumanized by Purity Culture. Join us on our journey as we seek health together. together. So, uh, today we're talking about Christians and their rights. Because there's been a lot of Christians talking about their rights these days. Hmm. I hadn't noticed. You didn't notice that? <laughs> <laughs> Where like have you this. been not to notice Christians? <laughs> I'm like this pent up ball of anger mm-hmm. right now. I can I can talk about it right now a lot better because I had counseling this morning. <laughs> <laughs> counseling was worth the time today. You really came out like you went in really frustrated and came out a lot better. I'm still angry. I know. Frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> You're not shooting daggers from your eyes anymore. <laughs> but it's something that's just been, it's been a continual theme. I've brought it up on Facebook a couple times in discussions because it's odd. I guess we'll get to that a bit more in the podcast, but it's odd for one thing. Like, why are the followers of Jesus, who is known for self, like that is his thing, you know, self-sacrifice. That's what Jesus is about. And Jesus' people right now, Christians, are like, these are our rights. And that's what they've become about. Yeah. And so it's like, how do those two fit together? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Like, it kind of makes sense we can talk about why things have got that direction. But Mm -hmm. it's just one of these many, many things where it's like, okay, we've kind of been drifting. And all of a sudden, it's just like, you guys aren't like, (laughs) we've drifted so far, you know, that it's not the same thing anymore. I feel like this pandemic and uh, and lockdowns and all that, like we're on our third lockdown now, mm-hmm. third wave. And I feel like it's brought, it's brought, brought more extremes in people mm-hmm. um, because everybody's kind of at a tipping edge. Yeah. Um, so for some people, it's brought them to more of the extreme of really it comes down to my rights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then for others... Um, like for me, it's a huge reaction to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of brings up extreme, I think, from the the world events yeah. um, and being more secluded and not being together as much and not kind of losing track a little bit maybe of our of other people's humanities. Hmm. That is a very good point. So, and maybe that's even something. As you say that, I'm feeling a little bit convicted because. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, it can be easy to lose sight of the humanity of of Christians and um, you what? Know. They're not. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, that's derailed me with conviction here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of what through this past year and a bit of COVID. Um, it's kind of the trend that we've seen is Christians and their rights. Mm-hmm. And we know, like, you can look back, listen back to the podcast we did with um, 
the author of Jesus and John Wayne, and that mm-hmm. really helps figure out why American Christianity is where it's at now and how it became so much about rights and about yeah. power and about all that. So it makes sense. Like we understand how it got to this, but it's extremely frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at it from someone who was very deep in fundamentalism and was raised in it. And I, I, understand completely like i it's extremely familiar how i hear people talk Mm -hmm. and the words they use the christianese they use um it's extremely familiar but now having stepped out of it i look at it and i'm like this does not connect the dots guys Mm -hmm. like if you claim to love jesus the greatest commandments is to love each other like to love others as yourself like it it (laughs) And that's not what I'm seeing out there. What we what we've seen from the beginning of COVID is mm-hmm. like, <laughs> well, right from the be- almost from the beginning of COVID, I've just been like, I can't, I can't be connected with Christians. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember saying that last spring. Like I was like, I can't, I can't be connected to that anymore. Like it. <laughs> it's like let's deny science and let's claim our right to meet in person in church because you know church is the building mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> as much as we hear that over and over in sermons church is not the building church yeah <laughs> that's not what's if we come can't meet in the building then we don't know what to do persecution <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and then through the u.s election and now that we're like in the third wave of lockdown and people are going crazy it's coming out even more Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of been interesting, but I have been extremely angry the last week. And I know that anger is the cover up for underlying emotions. Mm-hmm. And I just haven't been able to like really set aside the anger long enough to <laughs> dig <laughs> deeper. Um, but like last Saturday, our small town had a, a protest for and and the lockdown and like against COVID, against masks, against social distancing. Can I pause you right there? Yes. Because I'd love to back up and talk about some of the things you said before we get into that. And then that'll, sure. that'll take us into the next thing. Um, just what you had mentioned about, well, the conviction moment. Um, because we can dehumanize people, but at the same time, like we do need to step back and we can say this movement is bad, mm-hmm. you know, and... And something that I try and do with my online presence is really hard to do, though. But it's like, and we both try and do this, is like, we reject evangelicalism, but we love individual evangelicals. Right. And, you know, we do try and make that balance. And, and, you know, if somebody's listening and they feel targeted, like, you're probably a great person. We probably like you. It's just... Well, you can say it for yourself. (laughs) We might like you. I'm not convicted yet. Something else is gonna say, um, but yeah, also that uh, this time really does like people are in crisis mode, yeah, and it does bring out the extremes. You know, when you're when you're uh, when your body is in um, a heightened state, it's like of a fight vigilance. or yeah, fight or flight or response, and yeah. we've been in this state for over a year now, and so I've been hearing from a lot of people that people are reaching really the tipping point. Um, things are starting to let off but but our bodies are kind of at the max of how much stress we can be under and um 
something that I've noticed is that when people get really stressed, when people meet a crisis and they're like, oh no, it's a crisis, what are we gonna do? The default thing that they do is go back to what's the most important for them. Right. And so it does bring out, you know, the, and sometimes it's something that's really illogical, like mental picture I have is like a ship sinking. And well, think about the beginning of COVID. Yeah. People stocked up on toilet paper. Well, I mean, what's <laughs> like... most important? You know? <laughs> but, you know, Christians, like, you know, it's it's crisis time. Oh, no, what do we, what do, we do? What do we do? Uh, uh, let, let's pray. Let's meet together. You know, it's mm-hmm. like whatever it is that you normally do that's most important for you, that's what you double down and do. When, like, actually maybe meeting together wasn't the most important thing. Maybe other things were. Um, but it does kind of show where, I mean, for better, or for worse, maybe that's not a bad example, but it shows where people's priorities are. But what, what did you want to say about the, um, um, well, kind of accumulation of all of this to me sort of hit a tipping point with that protest that happened in town. Um, I was not part of it. I had, I wanted nothing to do with it. Um, because I think we still do need to be careful and we still do need to wear a mask and like <laughs> we're in the worst um, um, wave right now with variants, 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 and it's not time to let down yet. Plus mm-hmm. the government is asking us to be in complete lockdown. So for them to go and have a protest and not social distance to bring potluck food and to they brought potluck food to that point. barbecue stuff yeah barbecued for everybody and no mask and they're like well it won't in- it won't affect the numbers anyway because we won't get tested <laughs> <laughs> this is a protest in our town i'm not sure if that yeah a small town um but what made me really angry is that i started listening to their live just you know curiosity and they read the the guidelines from the uh, the, the local police detachment and didn't follow through some of them like wearing masks mm. <laughs> and then right after that they said well to start off let's start off with prayer and I just lost it and I've been so angry so angry um, deleted my Facebook <laughs> app for a couple of days because I just couldn't handle it mm-hmm. like my whole body was reacting and during that couple of days, you've been more than normal amount of angry. Like Facebook, you know, like people say stupid things. And you're like, ah, oh, I can't stand it, and then you get over it. But like you've been really, I can't let it go, like, and I couldn't bothered. figure out what. So that that couple of days helped me realize what I was really angry about is that is the prayer mm-hmm. that they started the rally with, and what they prayed. So that was helpful to remove myself a little bit from that situation, take a little bit of a breather, and it's like. I'm not against people doing protests necessarily, you know, like in Quebec, we were part of protests when there were some rules that we weren't, but we brought no religion into it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, and something else that I've even realized earlier today, I guess, because of the counseling is like, not only was I so bothered by the prayer, but um, I have religious trauma. um, What's it called again? Syndrome. Syndrome. And that's why my body reacted so strongly to that prayer, because that prayer sounded exactly like my past, in my past, um, of fundamentalism and just control and stuff. Uh-huh. And, and then I realized, like, what re- like 
I'm still processing it because I just got so over the top angry. Um, but that prayer was all about just the spiritual world. It was like all the evil influences and all this. But it said nothing about our current world. Hmm. It didn't. And they've taken it down since then, so I couldn't watch it again Like after coming down, though that probably would have <laughs> spiked me up again. <laughs> but um, but like it didn't say anything about like at praying for strength for the doctors, for the nurses who have mm-hmm. been giving, like they've been working under super stressful conditions that mm-hmm. change constantly for the past year. And their mental well-being is affected. It is like suicide yeah. idea, ide, um, suicide ideation, ide, mm-hmm. um, ideation. Yeah, like is, I've heard, f- quite common in the medical circles here, hmm. um, because people are strung out. Like they're just, it's just so pushed to the edge, and you add COVID, and and there was nothing like that in the prayer, mm-hmm. and there was nothing about protecting our small, remote, low medical facility. T- town from a wave of COVID and how that could affect so badly our town. There was nothing about safety like that. There was nothing. It was just like, let's just focus on the unseen spiritual world, totally ignoring the physical aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just, I just, I'm still trying to calm down from that. Mm-hmm. And it's been almost a week. Um, yeah, so that kind of, I guess, brings us to this podcast of Christians and their rights. Um, so this this protest was not a Christian protest, yeah. but there was basically an entire church there <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and others from other churches. Um, and then the fact and that Christians they started have with been, prayer. And Christians have, like, there are non-Christian, like, I went to a mechanic shop today and I saw somebody had, like, printed off their laser printers some memes against covid you know and like oh justin trudeau yeah. is super stupid like you see it here and there yeah it's not only christians that that have a different perspective on the pandemic no. but they are very well represented <laughs> yeah and and i do have some friends that are not christians that are like don't believe covid is a real thing and yeah. uh, things like that and for some reason like that doesn't bug me the same way mm-hmm. because it's just an opinion, whatever. They're not quoting it. They're not quoting it in religious yeah. BS. <laughs> like, they're not quoting it in in Bible verses and in spiritual oppression and in persecution yeah. <laughs> because of their faith. And, like, they're not... And that makes a huge difference. It makes... It really does make a huge difference. Like, I think that's something that we don't necessarily realize when we're in religion is just how powerful religion is. Yeah. When you tell a young child, you will go to hell if you, you know, sleep with a woman before you get married, you know, or maybe not a young child, but whatever. Like, you, <laughs> if, if you, if you, you know, or if you lie, like, that makes God sad. You right. Know, or the whatever. lie is the same as a murder. So. Right. And then a teenager, you tell them, like, you know, if you lust for a girl, it's the same as raping her. You know, like, yeah. when you say these messages and you add religion, like, that's the sort of thing that's going to keep people up at night. That's the sort of thing that's going to, you know, potentially cause religious trauma if you do it wrong. Sure, it can be used for good, but if it goes wrong, it can go really, 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 really wrong. Yeah. Whereas if just Joe Blow, private citizen, has a certain belief, if they're not pushing that belief on somebody, and if, 
you know, that that's just their belief they hold today. They might change it tomorrow. It's not religious. That's a completely different thing. Yeah. So it is a big deal that people are coming to this situation, which is a complex issue, which is something hard that we as a society need to come together on. And I'm not saying I'm 100% in favor of all the COVID rules. We need to no, have conversations this, this about these things. this last lockdown rules and stuff, like, it's over the top. It's yeah. too much. We don't agree with it. But the... But when you come against that with the force of religion, it shuts down discussion. Yeah. Because you can't discuss with... I mean, I want to say religious fanatic. That's probably not... It's close. But it... it when I say religious fanatic, that, that evokes an image, perhaps, of somebody that's fanatical and wants to hit you over the head with the Bible or something. But what I mean by that is somebody that is motivated exclusively by their religious beliefs. Right. And if somebody is motivated in what they do exclusively by their religious beliefs, there's no way to come to have a conversation with them. Yeah. If somebody is motivated, you know, by their beliefs to be a good person and research science and my beliefs lead me to love my neighbor and you know be a good citizen that's where my faith takes me and then based on that second step i look at the situation and say this is my personal opinion you can have a conversation with that person yeah but if they're linking their belief their their beliefs on this topic directly to their faith there's no longer any, any conversation no you can't and and that's that's scary and also it shuts down you know like we need to talk about these things yeah as a society because i'm not happy either with things going too extreme we need to be able to talk about them but when people just go off the rails in one direction then the other side just is going to get more extreme too yeah unfortunately but something else that just i just can't understand is i mean i do understand but it's just so unfortunate that like when i see somebody wearing a mask it communicates respect because the mask is about keeping your germs in your body. It mm -hmm. We know that it doesn't help to, to protect you unless you have an N95, but it keeps your germs in your proximity. It helps. And, and so when you see somebody that doesn't wear a mask or is wearing it, but not over the nose and, and you know, it's just to follow the guidelines or whatever, like that communicates that I don't care about you. No. And when you see a whole bunch of people together in a group and nobody's wearing a mask, how does that doesn't communicate any care or respect? No, not at all. And we were talking about like, or you were bringing up like, there's people working really, really hard, making huge sacrifices in the medical community, for example. And when people are working so hard, and then they see people not masking, not social distancing, getting together in large groups, it's like, what about all the work that I put in? Yeah. It's not fair because not fair. the people not following the guidelines are the ones that <sighs> it's keeping it going. Mm -hmm. It's not if people had followed guidelines from the beginning, like we may be done with it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very costly on the rest of the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we get that, you know, people might have a, an opinion about masks aren't as effective as other things. And, um, you know, maybe the vaccine is, you know, really new and it needs to be tested before it's used. And well, like, it has been tested before it's I used. I mean, it's, yeah, whatever. People can have <laughs> opinions about these things. But again, to just oppose it and to, to try and throw it all out the window, it's just, it's very insulting. Um, yeah. But again, to get back to, I guess, the, 
the subject is it's so strange then when people cloak this conversation in rights to yeah. say we have a right we have a right yeah. to not wear a mask we have a right to meet we have a right to you know do all these sorts of things and then they bring that back to you know this is our faith and yeah this is connect our religion rights and religion like where do you hitch that pony up to that wagon yeah like that is what i wonder like as someone who stepped away from it and no longer even claims the title christian or necessarily even really believes the bible i don't believe the bible or anything like that i just but i completely understand the other mm -hmm. side because i was truly authentically in it um i'm just like i don't know how i don't know how people can do that can claim their rights to the bible get yeah i just don't get it yeah like i asked on facebook like where is the verse that says fight for your rights this was back in january when people were you know before january 6 and stuff and people were especially in the states were just really like you know we need our rights and like yeah. overturn the, the vote and, and all this stuff and i was like where is the verse that says fight for your rights mm -hmm. and you know the philippians philippians 2 talks a very famous verse about uh, had this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he exists in the form of God, uh, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, etc., etc. It's this passage about how Jesus was God. He had all the power. He had all the glory, but he laid it down. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's our model, and that that theme is echoed all throughout the Bible. This idea of Jesus as the suffering servant, even back in Isaiah, it was prophesied that he would. You know, he has, he is God, but he lays it down. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that would be the perfect model for us because mostly what I'm seeing is healthy, white, middle class people who, so that's the people that are least at risk. Yeah. It's the elderly. It's those with underlying conditions. And we're finding out more and more it's people of color that are targeted by COVID. So when you're healthy, when you're young, and uh, when you're white and have access to, to health care and you're, you're middle class, likely you're not even going to get sick. But the reason that you should be concerned about COVID is so that you don't pass on to somebody else. Yeah. Because some of these communities are just being devastated. Yeah. But when you see, so it seems to me like that would be the perfect time to take our theology and put it into practice. Hey, I yeah. have... I have special power here. I have this. This doesn't affect me. But here's a time when I'm going to lay down my rights for others. Yeah. And instead they're saying, hey, I have rights. And I'm not going to lay them down. And you can't walk on my rights. And it's like there, there's not even a verse that says that, you, that, you, that you're supposed to fight for your rights. Like, how do you get this? Yeah. I mean, one American was like, yeah, well, Paul uh, used his Roman citizenship to not get beaten because he was going to get beat, um, get whipped. And he said, well, I'm a Roman citizen, so I shouldn't get whipped. And so he got out of that. And so that's, that was his excuse for fighting for his rights. <laughs> that like, doesn't work. <laughs> it's a pretty weak. And then Argument. sometimes people will be like, well, Jesus overturned the, the tables of the money changers. So Jesus can get mad. Like, yeah, but he wasn't fighting for his rights. No. He was fighting for other people's rights. And maybe, I don't know what else you have to say, but like, I guess that was kind of, um, kind of what brings it together for me is 
there's a big difference between fighting for your own rights or fighting for the rights of others. Yeah. And I think that we've kind of got that confused. Like we've gotten so convinced that the world is against us and that the end is upon us and we're going to be persecuted and, and we're as, Christians, be martyred, as martyrs or as Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there's such this, this strange mentality that's not really based in, in reality. No. Um, but we're focused on fighting for our own rights somehow. Um, this comes up in Christian culture, even though it's not a, it's not a biblical or historic Christian concept. And so the Christians are focused on protecting their own rights, whereas everybody else in society right now, this is this amazing time of cultural change and advocacy, and society is becoming more and more aware of the right, like that, you know, black, uh, brown, biracial people aren't having the same rights, and, and we're fighting for their rights, and we're fighting for women's rights, we're fighting for... Um, the rights of people um, like sexual abuse victims and domestic abuse victims. Um, we're fighting for equality for uh, LGBTQ uh, and, and, and people are advocating and people are fighting for the rights and people are trying to get health care to people and trying to reduce, you know, the amount of gun violence and all these things. And people are, you know, and even, you know, environmentalism today is, uh, Earth Day or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, Earth Day. Earth Day. <laughs> uh, environmentalism. I mean, that's that's in the even environmentalism is another way that you lay down your rights for somebody else, mm -hmm. and it might be for somebody else around the world because a better environment, like a changing climate, is going to be the hardest on the on the poorest people of the world that can't yeah. adapt. Yeah. So there's another way that we could be laying down our rights. Yeah. But that's not what Christians are focused on. Evangelical, no. white, American, and Canadian Christians are not focused on that. We're focused yeah. on my right to have free speech, my right to be able to say what I want about gays and to say what I want to bake cakes for the people I want to bake cakes for, and my right to teach my kids and homeschool my kids and keep them away from the world and not wear a mask. And, you know, yeah. that's what Christians are focused on. Is that's what rights. we're seeing in our... In in the evangelical more fundamental bubble for sure mm -hmm. yeah and and it's just so fascinating to me to step out of it and be like we're in a we're in a hugely important chapter of our history like there's mm -hmm. so much social justice causes going forward mm -hmm. and that has come forward the last year and more i'm mostly aware of it this past year i wasn't really aware of it before no kidding um I was in the evangelical circle before <laughs> last mm -hmm. year. So, but like I see the Black Lives Matter movement and what strikes out to me is the most, uh, the most that I've heard about it in the Christian bubble was like last year when there was stuff happening, a lot of stuff happening with that um, was, oh, I don't stand for Black Lives Matter because I don't like the organizations. All lives matter. Mm -hmm. But it's like, we're not fighting for our lives here. Right now, there needs to be a drastic change to Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. So don't just focus on what you don't that you don't like the organization. Focus on what's actually happening and yeah. help it push it forward. Mm -hmm. That's what needs to happen. Um, so much energy spent on fighting masks and fighting for Trump and fighting like when he'd already lost. And all, like mm -hmm. this energy could be put on these social justice changes that actually need 
to happen. We need black people to be safe yeah. and not to be shot. We need, <laughs> that's kind of the biggest one on my mind right now with the yeah. trial that happened recently yeah. and stuff. I mean, we can talk about the other ones, but it's just so wrong, mm -hmm. the injustices. And I don't see that happening in the Christian movement. Yeah. And that's just heartbreaking. Yeah. One of, one of the big things that this time has shown me is that Christianity is the caboose. It is not the engine for social change. No. For positive social change. Oh, for sure. Because as an apologist, I used to be an apologist. And, you know, that means that I saw it as my role to explain Christianity to non-Christians and to defend it. And um, something I would bring up often is the good that Christianity has done for the world. And I would use Martin Luther King Jr. as an example of here's one way that Christianity helped the world. And it is true that Martin Luther King Jr. was a Christian. And it's true that through his Christian principles, you know, that, that drove his convictions that helped with the civil rights movement. But he was opposed at every turn by main by the rest of Christians like he had very few Christians on his side and most Christians were against him and after good things happened we just kind of appropriated that and said oh yeah we were always on the right side of history <laughs> and I'm seeing the same thing again it's like in 20 years people are going to pick one or two people and be like oh yeah you know Beth Moore said this and she was a Christian and you know like when it's like we're not changing the world. The world is changing. Yeah. And we're we're going to catch up in 10 years yeah. sort of thing. And so that that's been disappointing to see is like we're not fo we're not actually changing the world. No. Christians. Uh even like right now now uh, when I say Christians what I usually mean is the white middle class evangelical mostly American and Canadian Christians. There are some black biracial uh and international Christians that are absolutely changing the world. For sure. But it's not us. No. <laughs> We're not doing a great job no. of things. So yeah, this is, I guess that's what we wanted to talk about because it's been hugely impacting mm -hmm. to watch and it's been just mind-boggling, frustrating, angering to see Christians fighting for their rights when it seems so much against what they believe, what they against the Bible, which is apparently what they believe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it, it just doesn't connect. Mm -hmm. um, again, I don't have a problem with finding ways of changing rules or protests, or but don't, like, I guess just don't bring religion into it this way. Um, but it goes past that, like this whole Christians and rights. Um, it's in so many areas. Yeah. Well, I think another thing this has shown is that Christians... A lot of evangelical Christians live in such a bubble that they're likely not even aware of what's going on. That's true. Like how many evangelicals know that Derek Chauvin got convicted two days ago? Yeah. How, how many even know that the, that it's Earth Day today? Yeah. You know? Yeah. My kid today was like, oh yeah, at school they taught us about Earth Day and what it's all about. And I'm like, a bit of parent fail here. But we never focused on that before. Mm -hmm. Never focused on earth day because environmentalism wasn't seen in a positive light yeah. <laughs> um and you're just told to only listen to such a narrow band of teachers that are all white and male and in a certain age bracket yeah. and 
and you just there's so many blind spots and you just so miss many. it yeah yeah I guess what I'm still processing a lot um, I'm still really angry <laughs> inside just like cry every day just trying I'm just so angry but um, I guess my challenge with all this is just we need to widen our perspectives we need mm -hmm. to look outside of our evangelical bubble um, we need to add other voices to our intake yeah whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, books we read. Um, it's so helpful to do that. Podcasts, um, just voices that are not white North American male <laughs> voices, you know, yeah. and join actual um, social justice causes and see what difference you can actually make in the world and, and, and just see like how Christian rights actually fits into the Bible. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, what does Jesus have to say? What would Jesus actually, I challenge this on my Facebook today, it's like, how would Jesus actually be acting if he was here today in this pandemic? I don't feel like he would be acting the way that I see the majority acting. Yeah. I just, that's just not how I see from reading the Bible through a few times and hearing it nonstop growing up. Like that's not the Jesus that I read about. Yeah. So it just doesn't connect. So it's just like, take some time to think about it and to process it and to see, does your life make sense? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what are you doing for fellow human beings? We have an amazing capacity to do what we want to do anyways, and then convince ourselves and everyone else that it's God's will. Yeah. And we need, I think listening to other voices has been extremely helpful for me because I've always been, been convinced that, that this was, that what I was taught was the only way to think, but yeah, broaden your horizons, listen to people of color, listen to LGBTQ Christians, listen to female voices. Um, and I think that what, what that has helped me to realize is just how much power I actually do have and how much as I might sometimes feel like I'm being persecuted or things aren't going my way, there are people that legitimately feel that a lot more than I do. Hmm. And maybe we can come together and make the world a better place for everyone. Yeah. Not just focus on how I can make it a better place for myself and my kids and yeah. people who look like me. Yeah. So maybe that's a good place to end the podcast. Thanks for listening. And we will be back at some point for more. Goodbye, everyone.